0: Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. Dave.
1: It has certainly been quite the tumultuous week. Protests, fine. Violence, unacceptable. Looting, beyond atrocious. But there's one place that you can find to be a respite of calm and tranquility. And that is the Cigar Dave Show, where all alpha males, no matter what your race, what your religion, what your political affiliation, can come, we will discuss openly Honestly, we won't go into safe spaces. We will deal with difficult subjects. We will deal with them straight on. Honestly, we won't sugarcoat things. No need for a safe space here on the Cigar Dave Show. So we have two hours that we will discuss, of course, the events of the day. We'll talk about the 76th anniversary of D-Day in the next hour and a very special, important announcement for all listeners towards the very end of today's program that uh, you will want to tune in for. Major changes upcoming. As always, I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make America great again, again, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and screw the Chinese Communist Party, the purveyor of the Chinese Wuhan virus. I will talk about the Chinese Communist Party next hour. We'll also talk about some developments on the medication and pharma front, hydroxychloroquine. Everybody screaming, hydroxychloroquine is horrible. It's terrible. New study came out a few weeks ago saying that it is absolutely atrocious, dangerous. And last week, I gave my analysis. And my analysis proved to be not 80% correct, not 90% correct, not 95%, not 99.99% correct, 100% correct. Of course, the lame Libstream media would never uh, analyze a study the way I do because number one, they're not smart enough to read a study. Number two, they're not enough smart enough to decipher the statistics that are in the study, and number three, it doesn't fit their narrative. We speak truth here on the Cigar Dave Show. As always, it is your global five-star general, your alpha male-in-chief, front and center from Command Center Alpha, and as always, I extend to you my long-ass greetings and salutations and a long ash snappy salute semper delictatio always pleasure. Don't forget, follow us on social media. Go to CigarDave.com, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. We're going to add Parlor as well. Instagram. Make sure you follow us and subscribe to any of your favorite podcast providers. Subscribe to Cigar Dave, our podcast, our archive. Again, we'll have some, a very, very big, major, earth-shattering announcement towards the end of today's program. But first up, let's talk about the events of the week. The events that people are talking about all over this nation in cigar lounges amongst alpha males, Well, we will do so in an educated, intelligent way, in a rational way. We will look deep into some of these issues. We won't just go to the streets and start protesting violently. We won't do that. We will have a rational discussion. And isn't it a shame that people's emotions are so hot that they are unable to sit down over a cigar? I really believe if you got together people who are protesting, those not protesting, and said, whoa, 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 let's calm down, everybody, Let's go in, pass out some cigars. Let's all have a beer. Let's sit down and talk rationally. I guarantee you it would be far more effective than the protests that we are seeing today. Now, I stated last week on this program I railed about what I saw with George Floyd. Unacceptable, the officer, that uh, uh, officer Chauvin, who had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck for eight and a half minutes. Unacceptable. And what's further unacceptable is three other Minneapolis police officers who sat around and watched and did nothing. Unconscionable. They did nothing. Not one of them had the intelligence, one iota of common sense, to walk over to Chauvin and say, hey, enough. Pull it back. Let's sit him up. Enough. Now, I understand one officer from the video went over and Chauvin nodded his head. I don't care what Chauvin did, and I don't care if you've only been in other two officers that had only been, that had, I think, less than a year seniority. It doesn't take seniority to figure out what is right and what is wrong. Common sense has nothing to do with seniority on the job or your rank on the job. And instead, they allowed Chauvin to continue the process of murdering George Floyd. Now this entire nation and I went after the police last week. I said 20 to 30% I believe are dirty cops. A number of people called me. I well here's what's interesting. Of all the email I received and some social media posting, not one person not one disagreed with what I had to say. Not one I had email story after story of people saying, I've been pulled over. I was polite. And these are white people because they told me in their email, look, I'm a white person, and I've experienced some police officers that are a little bit too aggressive, want to show they're in control, very psychopathic in their nature. And I said, we have a big problem in this country with police officers that are dirty cops, that are psychopaths, that are juiced up on testosterone. Now, maybe it's not I had one person who I know, who's in law enforcement, said, look, General, I agree with what you said, but it's not 20 to 30%. It's more like maybe 5%. I said, well, even if that's true, 5% is way the hell too damn many. He agreed. And he said part of the problem they're finding is getting qualified personnel, qualified candidates to become police officers. So he says when you don't have the candidates, you have to start opening up your pool to some people who otherwise would not be hired. And I said, I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. Pure and simple, unacceptable. And I realize that it is a dangerous job, that there are hazards, and you see what's going on with all the rioting. And there's been some police officers that have snapped, but there's also been police officers that have been violently, viciously attacked and killed. Let's not forget about Captain Dave Dorn, retired St. Louis police officer what he what happened to him should be, this country should be just as outraged. Where's Black Lives Matter? Where are all the black protesters protesting what happened to a black retired police officer from St. Louis, who by all accounts, people that work with him, for him, amongst him, people in the community said he was a superb man. He was a great person he was he took it upon himself to start a scouts program to help uh, uh, underprivileged youth to make sure they stayed off the streets to help them put them on the right track I have not heard one person in media or being interviewed saying anything negative about captain Dave Dorn. It was positive after positive after uh, ac- uh, ac- uh, accolade after accolade there was barely a bleep on any of the Fake news, libstream media. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable when looting occurs. Protest peacefully all you want. Nobody has a problem. And what is amazing was that after George, George Floyd's murder, it was captured on video, the entire nation saw it. Not one, not one person that I spoke to Not one person in media that I heard, nobody in this country, not one, was not united in their disgust, in their outrage for what they saw. This nation was more together, was more united as one on any other subject, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, black, white, conservative, uh, 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 liberal, Every person, I mean, virtually every person in this nation that saw that video said, that is unacceptable. This country was united. We were together. It wasn't black versus white. It wasn't Democrat versus Republican. Everybody was together and said, unacceptable. Now, people want to protest? Fine. No problem whatsoever. Do so peacefully. Make your voices heard. That's encouraged. Not one public official has said, Do not protest. Do not protest peacefully. But when it devolves into violent rioting by thugs, white and black, destructive looting thugs, white and black, no color differentiation. But one thing I did find was that there wasn't a specific age group. It seemed to me that most of the violent looting occurred between the ages of probably 18 to 30, but there were people that we saw in their 30s and 40s. I saw women in their easily 40s and 50s going in and looting. It was a free-for-all. Protest all you want. Lie in the street. Fine. It's a traffic pain in the ass, but so be it. Observe the curfews. But when it gets to violent rioting and destructive looting, you have crossed the line, that is unacceptable. And I don't care if you're white, black, I don't care what group you belong to. When you start rioting and looting and destroying people's property and livelihoods and and, and endanger people and criminally attack people or kill people like Captain Dave Dorn in St. Louis, that is unacceptable. Now you have a country that is divided. Now you have a country because what should have been peaceful protests. People saying, look, what took place is unacceptable to any person, whether they're black or white. And I realize that there are people in the black community that say, look, we're picked on. And I believe that's to be true. Here in Tampa, the current mayor, former police chief, Jane Castor, when she was the police chief, targeted blacks in black areas who were riding bikes and pull them over. People forget about that. Now all of a sudden she started to, she wanted to come out and show her solidarity. That's unacceptable to just pull people over for no reason. Would a white person be pulled over? The answer is no. So we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We're going to be truthful. But by the same token, there is a crime problem in black communities. There is an education problem in black communities. There is a poverty problem in black communities. There is in white, too. There are many poor white areas. And I want to explore that. I want to get into that. Because those are all important items. It all starts with education. If you want to rise out of poverty, education. And I believe that many black residents, many black citizens, have been kept down by the Democrat Party. And I'll go into that. And I'll make a case for that. Whereas the Republican Party actually wants blacks to succeed, wants blacks to make great, uh, have great salaries and great jobs and live a great lifestyle. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I want to go back to the rioting. What we saw was nothing more than unadulterated, unleashed, violent riots, looting, because basically people felt Okay, forget the protests. This is our way to just go and attack, and we're going to do whatever the hell we want. And this goes back. This goes back to the entitlement society. This goes back to the everyone deserves a participation trophy society or culture. You're perfect. We have seen this. Look at the people that are, and when I say people, I'm not talking about one specific group. I'm talking persons, white, black, Everybody. Look at the age group. Look at the people, the primary age group. They are people that we call millennials, Gen Z, I believe. People who have always been told, you're perfect, you're wonderful. We don't keep scoring T-ball games because that wouldn't be right. We teach kids, parents have, the last 20, 25 years. You're perfect, you're wonderful, everybody deserves to win. Everybody deserves a participation trophy. Nobody should be singled out. We shouldn't have valedictorians because everybody should be equal. That has contributed to things. That has contributed to a major problem. But when we talk about violent riots, destructive looting, who does it hurt? I witnessed on TV, they showed a woman, a senior citizen, a black woman in Minneapolis, crying in tears, saying, I shop at this office depot. I shop at this Target, this other store that was this drugstore, I can't remember what it was, CVS, whatever it was, I shop there. She goes, I don't have transportation. I walk. She was in tears. Who did these looters and violent rioters hurt? It hurt their own community. Here's a perfect example audio from a woman, black woman, in front of her looted store in the Bronx. I think it was a subway. I don't know for sure, but it looked like it was some sort of either sandwich shop or maybe even a subway. I want you to take a listen to the pain in her voice.
0: The problem that bothers me, you says black lives matter. I've worked here part time. Plus, I'm a part owner of this store. You said Black Lives Matter. Why don't you choke me? I'm black. Tell him, sister. Look what you did to my store. Tell him, sister. Look. Tell Look him, what sister. you did to we'll my store. It. Tell them, sister. Okay. That's why I got
2: their back. These are my things right here. Good men. Look man. at the things you've done. Good men. Look for Black Lives Matter. We've been here all
0: night cleaning up. All night tweeting, and you got black people we'll standing right here with them. Tell me, right. black lives matter? Exactly. You lied. You wanted to loot the store. You needed money. Get a job, like I do. Stop stealing. This is the neighborhood. We trying to build it up, and you turned it down.
1: Good for this woman. She was right. Black lives matter. The lives of the business owners, people that want to live in peace, that don't want to live in a violent community. Look what's happening in Chicago. We'll get into the crime statistics there. I mean, last weekend alone in Chicago, 82 people shot, 19 dead, most black. Not a word. Where's black lives matter for that? Black lives do matter. This woman's livelihood matter uh, matters. Her job, she's a part owner. And you know who was uh, helping her? There were two white men that were helping her clean up. Black lives do matter. But there seems to be some sort of disconnect that black lives only matter if destroying property, even of blacks is okay, in the name of this whole Black Lives Matter movement. Antifa's another big problem. Now, this is very disturbing. This is a, on, on Spectrum News New York One, the big cable news channel in New York City. They were interviewing a woman who stated that she is a social studies teacher. Now I want you to listen to her justification for the rioting and the looting. Now, first of all, there is no justification, period. White, black, if a white person did that in a black neighborhood or a white in a white neighborhood, unacceptable period there's no debate take a listen to this is just outrageous the fact that this woman is supposedly teaching in a new york city school should frighten every parent here it is
2: i mean i'm a black mother and i'm a social studies teacher and i'm raising a black son in america so i have no choice but to
1: fight and walk
2: that's all I can do. You know, what about some of the people who say that the, the riots and the looting are overshadowing the overall message that people are trying to I get mean, they, the white mobs came and rioted in Tulsa and did the same. Oh, excuse Ooh. my language. But I'm just saying, like, what's the difference? You gave the government gave $1,200 to people to survive on in March. What you thought was going to happen? You took summer youth away from the youth. What you thought was going to happen? They need jobs, feed our babies, and we wouldn't have this problem. So you think a lot of this is born out of frustration? Yes, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And this is what sick and tired looks like. Unfortunately, these are multi-billion dollar corporations that got insurance. So no offense, but they'll be all right. What about some of the mom and pop stores on Fordham Road that are owned by people of color? Um, define owned by people of color because the banks actually run those businesses. That's right, sis. So they can own, they could be a mom-and-pop store, but there's probably someone else that is not of their color funding their business. All right, I got your point loud and clear.
1: This is disturbing on so many levels. So many levels. I want to run this. Sergeant Steve, I want you to start and stop it because I want to take this one bite at a time. Hit it.
2: I mean, I'm a black mother and I'm a social studies teacher and I'm raising a black son in America, so I have no choice but to fight and walk. That's all I can do. You know, what about- it. Hold it right there.
1: Hold it right there. I agree. She wants to fight. or you know, She says to fight and walk. I think what she probably meant was fight in the way that she's going to protest peacefully. I didn't get the impression she wanted to go around slinging a gun. That's fine. Nobody has a problem with that. Then she talks about that there is hit it one more time, Steve. The, the, the second keep going on that cut.
2: What about some of the people who say that the, the riots and the looting are overshadowing the overall message that people are trying to I mean, they, the white mobs came and rioted in Tulsa and did the same. Oh. oh, excuse my language, but I'm just saying, like, what's the difference? You gave, the government gave $1,200 to people to survive on in March. What you thought was going to happen? You took summer youth away from the youth. What you thought was going to happen?
1: They need oh, jobs. Right they need jobs. She's right. Now, she talks about that. White mobs came and rioted in Tulsa 1921. Well, the United States of America is a radically different place in 2020 than 1921. No country in the world has done more to try to repair the damage from its sins, its slavery sins in the past. Now, my family wasn't here during slavery. Most Americans weren't. What took place was slavery. It wasn't right. I don't know of anybody that says, yeah, yeah, slavery's fine. Nobody says that. Anybody that's been born in the last 50 years, we have been living in a America where, well, 40 years, we didn't, we've had integration. We didn't have the issues, dramatic issues of the day with Martin Luther King, sicking dogs on on blacks and and separate bathrooms and separate uh, dining counters and so on. That hasn't taken place. Most everybody born in the last 40, 50 years, 54 years, 55 years, has been like, hey, no problem. We believe in equality. It's not an issue. So forget 1921. And then she talks about the Chinese Wuhan virus, the effects. We'll continue on this around the corner. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com
0: Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails too You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream Or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime Get it all at CigarDave.com
1: Significant important announcement about the Cigar Dave show coming up at the towards the end of the second hour, the last segment, right around uh, probably, if you're listening live Eastern time, about 1.45 Eastern time. Big announcement. We will also, in the second hour, make our tribute to the brave men who stormed the beaches 76 years ago today, June 6, 1944. Operation Overlord, D-Day. We don't forget here on the Cigar Dave Show, those very men that were wading up to their eyeballs in water, in mortar fire, in gunfire, they stormed those beaches so Americans could live freely, protest freely, exercise their First Amendment rights freely. What they didn't go and fight and die for is for people to be violent, to loot, and to be non-law-abiding. We'll get to the D-Day Tribute second hour. Now, I go back to the social studies woman in New York, and uh, she says she's a black mother, social studies teacher, raising a black son, so she wanted to go and walk in the march, in the protest, outside of Brooklyn's Barclays Center uh, last Tuesday. Fine, no problem. Now, let's go to pick up. I want to analyze this. She talks about the Chinese Wuhan virus, the effects of the Chinese Wuhan virus. Hit it.
2: Feed our babies and we wouldn't have this problem. So you think a lot of this is born out of frustration? Yes. They're sick and tired of being uh, Sergeant sick and Steve, tired. let's back that up. I wanna,
1: let's go back. Stop that one more second. Let's see if we can go back to where she says you gave the government $1,200. Can you do that? If you can do that, just let me know on that. Because she talks about something very important about what took place in March for all those people who were unemployed. And you have to remember, black unemployment, lowest in history. American unemployment, before the Chinese Wuhan virus, lowest in history. So people had jobs. But what was one of the effects that people said, you've got to be careful? Even President Trump came out and said it, and and he was derided by the Libstream media when he said, look, you're going to have depression. You're going to have people that that are not going to be able to feed their families. They're going to get desperate. And everybody said, no, no, you got to listen to phony Fauci. Dr. Phony Fauci, Leonardo da Fauci. He was the sole arbiter about what can and cannot be done. And President Trump finally said, enough, we need to start opening up. Well, we are seeing the effects. I believe that a great part of this pent-up frustration is not only what took place with George Floyd, but in many of these communities, white and black. People are frustrated because they've been locked home for umpteen months. The, the Their jobs have been taken away. They've been laid off. They've been furloughed. And many of these Democrat governors, I mean, in Florida, we've been back open for, what, three weeks? Things are moving. Now theaters are going to open up, I believe, this weekend or next week. We're going to be at full capacity at restaurants. People are still having taking safeguards. Not everybody's going out just yet. But when you see these Democrat mayors and these Democrat governors, and I'll get to Governor... Wackadoodle Gretchen Whitmer, what a yo-yo! We'll get to her later, but they are purposely keeping people confined. Sergeant Steve, can we go back to the uh, that that point? Got it? Perfect. Hit it. What's the
2: difference? You gave the government gave twelve hundred dollars to people to survive on in March. What you thought was going to happen? You took summer youth away from the youth. What you thought was going to happen? They need jobs, feed our babies, and we wouldn't have this problem. Hold it right there. Lot-
1: So she, hits, she does make a very good point. The Chinese Wuhan virus, we had to go into a lockdown, and remember Dr. Phony Fauci and the scarf, Dr. burks that's my nickname for the scarf, Dr. Deborah Scarf Burks. They said, look, the reason we need to do lockdowns and mitigation, we don't want this to spread, and we cannot clog intensive care units. So initially they said, we have to flatten the curve. Well, the curve was flattened. And then what happened? Nope, we need now another month. And then many of these Democrat governors said, well, now we'll just keep it maybe another month, maybe July. New York, New Jersey hasn't opened. Yesterday, the unemployment rate came out, and it was far lower than what the projections were. Far lower. I think it came in at what, Uh which I was shocked when the numbers came out. I thought it was going to be at least 19, 20%. Shocked. I thought on a good good day, maybe it'll be 18, 18 and a half, 13.3. And that doesn't include New York and New Jersey, because those two states haven't opened up fully yet. So this woman does bring up a very good point. You gave $1,200 to people. People have been no summer jobs, they've been out of school, they've They've been locked up, not locked up, they've been you know, uh, uh, stay-at-home orders, haven't been able to go out and have a social life like they normally do. What do you think's gonna happen? She's right, phony Fauci and the scarf, Deborah Burks, both said, we just need to flatten things. Well, what happens when things were flattened? All the governors, the, the Democrat governors said, now we're gonna keep it the way it is. And now we're seeing, this is quite interesting, that the coronavirus appears to be declining in potency and people are contracting it less easily, according to the University of Pittsburgh. Doctors at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, renowned medical center. I'll get to that later. So this woman is right. The Chinese Wuhan virus had an effect on people being frustrated, blacks and whites. Now, the next sound bites I'm going to play, she talks almost just, not almost, she justifies the looting which is totally unacceptable. Hit it.
2: So you think a lot of this is born out of frustration? Yes. They're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And this is what sick and tired looks like. Unfortunately, these are multi-billion dollar corporations that got insurance. So no offense, but they'll be all right. What about some of the mom and pop stores on Fordham Road that are owned by people of color? Mm, define owned by people of color because the banks actually run those businesses. That's right, sis. So they can own, they could be a mom-and-pop store, but there's probably someone else that is not of their color funding their business. All right, I got for your
1: a point, social of- stu- hit, hit, Kill it, Steve. For a social studies teacher, this woman is beyond stupid. Justifying the looting, stealing? She says these are multi-billion-dollar corporations that got insurance. By the way, for a social studies teacher, you think she would understand proper English, proper grammatical English. They got No, these are multi-billion dollar corporations that have insurance. She says, no offense, they'll be all right. That's what she's justifying? Insurance doesn't cover all the costs. There's major deductibles. There's the fact the store is going to have to be closed. Not everything is going to be covered. Many employee hours won't be covered. Some of the damage, sometimes they don't even, now with inventory tracking systems, they can tell. But between all the expenses of what's going to have to be repaired and replaced, multi-billion dollar corporations aren't going to be whole. You think Target, all those targets that were looted, you think they're going to be whole after insurance? It's going to be a long process for them to settle. It's not going to be so easy. Her justification, unacceptable. Then she says, when she's asked, what about mom and pop stores that are owned by people of color? The answer should be that's unacceptable. It hurts our community. It's hurt, it hurts those business owners, those mom and pop business owners of color. Instead, she says, define owned by people of color because the banks actually run those businesses. This woman is beyond stupid. She says, so they own, they could be a mom and pop store, but it's probably someone else that is not of their color funding their business. Well, let's look at that on several levels. First of all, when somebody says, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to start a business, and they go to the bank, they go to the SBA, yes, they're going to get a loan. The bank doesn't run the business. The Small Business Administration doesn't run the business. People have to put collateral down. They have to sign a personal guarantee. That is their livelihood. If they own a business, they are breathing, living it, eating it 24-7, 365, it doesn't end. They're always thinking about business, about is business gonna be good? Do I have employees that I'm going to lose? Are customers gonna come in? Am I doing everything to make sure that I can pay back my loans? This nonsense that she says, someone else not of color funding their business? Haven't black government representatives and members of the black community castigated Banks, because they weren't loaning to black-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses. And so what did banks do? They made a concerted effort to start loaning towards minority-owned businesses, businesses in the black community, in the Hispanic community, in the Asian community. The banks did exactly what you want them to do, loan to people that are starting businesses. So this woman says define people of color because all of a sudden, even though they may be people of color that own a business, mom and pop businesses, they're not really considered to be mom and pop black owned businesses because a bank funded them? This woman, who is a social studies teacher, is beyond stupid. And then she says they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is what sick and tired looks like. I understand that. Now, there is frustration running everywhere. No ifs, ands, or buts. We saw the Democrat governors in the, many of these states, the Democrat-run states saying that when lockdown protesters went out during the, the lockdown that was in effect in Michigan and other states, what did they say? The government officials, the governor, elected officials said, these lockdown protesters don't care about lives. They're spreading, they're spreading their germs, even though many of them did have masks. And there was peaceful. There was no destruction. There was no damage. There was no looting. But yet now, when you see people violently rioting and and looting to the nth degree, they don't say a word. All of a sudden, they're not worried about the spread of the Chinese Wuhan virus. Nowhere to be found. When people were saying, look, we want to gather in church or synagogue, what did the Democrat governors and mayors say? Unacceptable. You are going to harm and potentially spread the Chinese Wuhan virus. Yet, now all of a sudden, when rioters can gather, torch buildings, attack the police, spray graffiti on synagogues and churches, not a word. Not a word. It is beyond pathetic. Now, I will tell you where all this, the start of where this violent rioting and looting occurred began when the extremely wussified mayor of Minneapolis. I mean, when you talk about wussified beta, Jacob Fry, when first at a press conference, and we played it last week, he starts crying about what took place. Look, it's upsetting, but to start crying. And then at, at uh, George Floyd's memorial service in Minneapolis that was held two days ago that was hijacked by Al Sharpton and Ben Crumpton, or Bed Crump, the attorney, he starts uh, wailing. He kneels down at the casket, and Jacob Fry starts wailing. Like, Get a hold of yourself, man. Wait, Grow up. But when Jacob Fry, the mayor of Minneapolis, when the 3rd District Precinct was under attack, when there were rioters and people getting violent, instead of telling the police, bring every infor- reinforcement you have, Surround them, get people on the top of the building, fire tear gas, do what you need to, but do not, do not abandon ship and get those protesters and rioters out because there's a difference between peacefully protesting and rioting, burning down a police precinct, and and causing massive destruction. That's a statement. What did Jacob Fry, this gigantic pussycat, do? He said abandon ship. We're going to be the Titanic. abandoned ship. Get in the dinghies and get the hell out. And the next thing you know, you see all these police vehicles just leaving one after the other. Boom, boom, boom. Getting uh, bottles thrown at them and, and other garbage thrown at them. Instead of Jacob Fry having a big set of balls like I do, Nads a steel, titanium-plated, saying, get every damn police officer there Now. Everybody, and everybody that's sleeping, every police officer, wake them the hell up and get them in. I want everybody over to that third precinct. We're not abandoning ship, and you do what needs to be done. Fire tear gas, people start charging it, shoot, period. If people are trespassing and they're warned, and they get violent and want to start setting a blaze to the place, shoot, shoot, shoot. End of discussion. Now I realize that's not politically correct. You can't say that. You can't say, go ahead, shoot. You loot, we shoot. You can't say that. Well, there were a whole bunch of cigar stores that were looted. And I can tell you that there was a cigar store. uh, And I want to see where it is. I have it in front of me here. Let me see here. The Lone Wolf Cigar Company in Santa Monica. They were destroyed. I mean, I'm looking at picture after picture. King's Leaf Cigar Lounge, downtown Charleston. They had just reopened the store after being closed for months during, uh, due to the Chinese Wuhan virus lockdown last Saturday. Joint was looted, and one man in Bellevue, Washington, however, was not going to allow his store to be looted. There is video that has been posted on Twitter. Beautiful shop called Cigarland, and he got his gun, had his rifle, and said, "Move, move, move, get out." And another armed man was also seen holstering his gun. And guess what? Every damn looter ran out like a bunch of of, of scared mice and cockroaches, which is exactly what they were. Every one of them, out, gone. But when the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, said, we're going to abandon ship, it was a sign to every person, every violent criminal, because that's what they are, these thugs. When they loot... They're causing destruction, they are violent criminals. That's what they are. They had the go-ahead, the green light, to go and attack and go and loot. Forget protesting peacefully. The protests were soon hijacked by violent looters and rioters, Antifa, thugs, uh, Black Lives Matter thugs, the militant wing of Black Lives Matter. They all went to town, and who did they hurt? Their own communities. And then they went to all these designer stores in New York and on Rodeo Drive. That wasn't coincidental. They knew where to hit. This was all planned. And when you see bricks being brought in and staged to throw Molotov cocktails, two attorneys in New York, both I think one's, both Ivy League graduates. No, one's an Ivy League graduate at Princeton, one uh, also an attorney graduate. Both started throwing Molotov cocktails towards police cars and, and other buildings. They were caught held on $250,000 bail. They should be disbarred. These are educated people. These aren't dummies. Enough's enough. End of discussion. And when I come back, we're gonna talk about, we hear everything that, that blacks are picked on. Now there's no question about it. There are bad cops out there. But let's look at the statistics. I want to look at the statistics to see what really is going on. So we come back, we'll talk about that, and also I will tell you about a bad cop in Fort Lauderdale. There's also one in my hometown or two in Buffalo that took place a couple of nights ago. But when we talk about bad cops, I'm going to give you an example of a bad cop that should be removed off the force. There have been complaints left and right, just like that officer, uh, Kovachovid, in Minneapolis. Chauvin, Chauvin I'm, is, correct, is the correct name. When we come back, we'll talk about those guys. When they're bad cops, you got to weed them out. Not everybody, not every cop is bad, but the ones that are bad tend to have a bad rap sheet. Get them out, period. But looting and violence, rioting for no apparent reason. Sorry, you got to get tough and you got to end it. Of course, the media, the lib media, against President Trump, no matter what he does. If it was President Obama going to visit a church, oh, the man is so brave. President Obama's incredible. President Trump, how dare he? It's a photo op. Enough is enough. National Guard, if you need it, and to these Democrat governors and de Blasio in New York, they are clueless. They have no balls. They have no nads. They need to take the general patent approach. Enough is enough. End the issue. You're going to violently loot and riot? We're going to put a stop to it. We'll continue around the corner.
0: The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. Day.
1: The Cigar Dave Officers Club takes pride in featuring cigars that nobody else in the country gets that you, as a member of the Officers Club, experience first. And I'm pleased to announce for June that one of the cigars in the Macanudo Inspirato sampler is a cigar that is being released to you first. The new Macanudo Inspirado Green, it is a medium, robust, full-flavored cigar that features a very delicious tasty, complex Brazilian Arapiraca wrapper with Indonesian binder and Colombian and Dominican fillers. The Macanudo Inspirado White, if you want a cigar that tends to be more mild to medium and creamy, Perfect. The Macanudo Inspirato Orange, more medium to full in body with a Honduran wrapper. Join the Officers Club today and get fantastic selections like the Macanudo Inspirato sampler. Cigardave.com. Click on Officers Club for $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped directly to you. Join today.
4: America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it.
1: a cop is bad, you got to get rid of him, period. And I said last week, there are many cops that are all juiced up on testosterone. They wear their shirts that are too tight. They show their big muscles, their big guns. When I say guns, their muscles, not their, their weapon. Case in point, Fort Lauderdale patrol officer inflamed a tense demonstration on Sunday. Now, there is no question that what took place at this demonstration, it wasn't so peaceful. There were people getting in the police's face and so on but it did turn violent. There was a woman that was, there were a couple of, uh, number of protesters with signs getting into the face of a number of police officers, but they knew they had to maintain their cool. Now, there was one woman who was kneeling, and I don't know if she had a sign or not, but one of the officers, Stephen Poharence, went over and shoved the kneeling protester down, and then it looked like a one of the senior police officers or one of the supervisors came in and moved him out immediately, got him out of there, and then people obviously were very inflamed. But here's what's interesting. A review by Internal Affairs has shown that Officer Stephen Pahorance, who was hired in October 2016, so just about four and a half years ago, has been investigated by Internal Affairs for using force... 79 times, according to department records. Now, there's cell phone footage showing that he shoved a black female protester. The Fort Lauderdale police generally was getting good reviews, keeping things uh, calm. But he was sent for mandatory training to improve communication skills in October 2009. And further, this particular officer Has uh, uh, unholstered his weapon on numerous occasions, on average once every three weeks. Now that's unacceptable. He was suspended without pay. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement is going to investigate. And this guy is the prototypical jacked up cop. Okay, the big muscles, probably on the testosterone, you know, shirt two sizes too small. But when you have a problem 79 times, isn't it about time that a police department weed out the bad? Their, their own bad apples, I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. Now we come back next hour, big announcement toward the end of the hour. We'll talk about D-Day and we'll continue our discussion about the riots around the corner.
0: This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network.
1: Well, it has been a crazy week, and we spent the entire first hour discussing the protests, the riots, the looting, what set things off. And I still have some remarks I would like to add. We have frank conversations here as alphas on The Cigar Dave Show. We don't sugarcoat anything. We're all adults. We're all mature adults. We're all alphas. We don't need safe spaces. We can discuss things rationally without having to go crazy and get violent and uh, and get uh, irrational. We'll leave that for the rioters and the looters. And sadly, much of the peaceful protesting is overshadowed by the violence, the destruction. And that is a shame. Because I think that if we light up a cigar, we should be able to talk about how to resolve issues properly, intelligently, Without ridiculous emotion. We continue our number two of the Cigar Dave Show. Don't forget, go to CigarDave.com. Follow me on social media, Twitter at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, YouTube, Cigar Dave. Instagram, Cigar Dave. Now, I will tell you that there is a major announcement. I will be making a major, 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 important, significant announcement the last segment of this hour. So the last 10 minutes of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, I will have a very significant announcement. For those of you that are listeners, have been long-time listeners, you will want to listen. It is of probably the most significant announcement we have made on this show since the time that we started this show. So I ask that you remain with us until the last 10 minutes where I make this significant announcement. Quite important. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now, at the bottom of the hour... I will spend time talking about the latest uh, in the Chinese Communist Party Wuhan virus issue, hydroxychloroquine. Some major developments regarding studies. We talked about some of these studies last week. I said they were all BS. They were poppycock. Well, look who's right again. The global alpha male-in-chief and global five-star general. How do you like that? I'd say I'd be shocked, but let's face it. I'm right most of the time, so there's nothing shocking about it. Now, let me t- and by the way, for the last segment, I'm going to scrap our traditional litation and libation ceremony, and as I get started to give you my important announcement, I will fire up my cigar for today and my special libation. I want to talk and go back to what we witnessed over the past, just over really week, a little bit longer than a week, with the murder of George Floyd. What we have seen, people who have felt wrong, people in the black community saying, we're tired of this, enough of this, that we're always the victims, we're always being shot. Well, let's look at the facts. Let's look at facts versus reality. Because I was curious about it, and I wanted to find out, is this indeed the case? I mean, we seem to always hear about somebody that is unarmed, or we hear about uh, a certain people that are, that are pulled over, or people that, are, that are, are shot at, victim of violent police crime. So I went to the 2019 FBI Uniform Crime Report and looked at these statistics. In 2019, there were 10 million arrests in the United States, a country of what, about 360, 370 million people, 375, maybe more. So 10 million people. Now then I looked at the number of police officers involved fatal shootings in 2019. That total was 1,004. Of those 1,004 police officers involved fatal shootings, 41 out of 1,004 were police that shot unarmed persons. So we have 10 million arrests. There's 1,004 police involved fatal shootings. There are 41 of unarmed people. So out of 1,004, There are a total of 963 that involved people carrying a weapon, a firearm, where a police officer thought their life was in jeopardy or they were being threatened. 41 unarmed, of which 19 were whites, white persons, Caucasians. Nine were black or African Americans. So 41 people, 19 of them white, nine black, and there's uh, others, could be Hispanic, could be Asian, whatever the case is. And of those, I looked at the 19 and the 9, a large percentage of them were people that had violent records. So we hear all these police shootings, of which, out of 1,004, 963 were people that had weapons that were threatening officers. 41 unarmed, 19 white, 9 black. So more whites were, unarmed whites were shot than unarmed blacks there were 89 police officers killed in the line of duty. So 41 unarmed people shot by police, the majority with violent criminal records, 89 police officers killed in the line of duty. Last weekend in Chicago, Illinois, Democrat mayor for the last, I don't know, 80 years, maybe longer, Democrat governor. There was, I think, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Pritzker's been in there now I think two years year or two. And then before that, you had um, Bruce Rayner. He was in, I think, one term, four years. Then I think you had uh, Blagojevich. He was in, I don't know, six, seven. But for the most part, you have Republican governors and Republican mayors for sure in Chicago. 82 people were shot. 19 were killed. Almost all black. Black-on-black crime. Black-on-black crime is just as unacceptable as white on black crime. Every bit. The 19 people who were killed last weekend, most of them black, I will guarantee you their families are outraged by the black on black violence, the black on black crime. But it doesn't make news. It's almost normal in Chicago. Now, we need to take a look. People say, well, our communities, we're not benefiting in the economy. We're left behind. Well, I want to look at that because that is a big problem. And again, we talk about things rationally, honestly. We don't cherry, uh, we don't sugarcoat anything. We, we're very honest. Some people may find what I have to say offensive. Some may not. But ultimately, if you want to solve the problem, you have to address it candidly and honestly. And many of the Democrat lawmakers don't want to do it. Remember, Democrats care more about blacks than Republicans, with one caveat. Democrats care more about blacks on Election Day. The other 364 days a year, they could give a damn. They want their vote, and then after that, they abandon them. And that's fact. And I'll give you proof. Now, we have many black youth that are now raised in single-parent homes. They have no alpha-strong role model, male role model. They're going to poor schools. They're going to schools in impoverished neighborhoods where the graduation rates are atrocious. There is a 20, 30-point discrepancy in high school graduation rates between whites and black children. That's unacceptable. Now, something can be done about that. Republicans have proposed ad infinitum about doing something about that. Because if a black child gets a great education, he or she is on the road to success. They get an education at the elementary school level. They get a great high school education. They go to college. They graduate. They get great jobs. They live great lives. But the Democrats don't want that. Why? Ah. Because the Democrats then would lose their base, their their ability to count on those black votes. Because when a black child is educated, becomes successful, gets a great job, thinks for him, he, or herself, they think, wait a minute, all this nonsense I've been hearing from the Democrats is ridiculous. I'm going to become a Republican. That's true. Republicans have been for school vouchers. Polls done of parents in the black community have shown that over 90% of black Parents want the ability to send their children to schools that are great performing schools, not failing schools. They want the ability to send their children to private or parochial schools with vouchers. We spend more per capita on education in this country than anywhere else in the world. Yet our education, our graduation rates are abysmal. Now, Republicans have been after for years to allow parents school choice. Take this voucher, send your child, instead of a failing school in a black neighborhood, send your child to a parochial school, to a private school, to a charter school, to a magnet school. Who have been opposed to school choice? Not the black parents, not Republicans. Republicans are for it, the Democrats, the unions, because they don't, want black children to be properly educated. They want to keep them them down. They lose their power base if all of a sudden black children get great educations. And that is a travesty and that is fact. And that scares the living daylights out of Democrats. The most racist thing you can do is to not allow a black child to have a voucher and go to a successful performing school. Now I want to pay tribute on the 76th anniversary. Today, June 6th, 1944, 76 years ago today, the beaches of Normandy were stormed Operation Overlord. Here is our tribute, starting with General Dwight Dean Eisenhower on his message to the troops before the invasion. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied
5: Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers in arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened he will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home front, have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The German news agency TransOcean said today in a broadcast that the Allied invasion had begun. I repeat, the German news agency TransOcean said today in a broadcast that the Allied invasion had begun.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the NBC Newsroom in New York where we are standing by to bring you the news of the reported operations against the continent by the Allies.
7: People of Western Europe, a landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. This landing is part of the concerted United Nations plan for the liberation of Europe, made in conjunction with our great Russian allies. In the early dawn of D-Day, June 6, 1944, the largest battle armada in history heads across 80 miles of rough channel water from England to the northern coast of France. Barrage balloons and a massive concentration of air and surface guns protect the 4,000 warships, transports, barges, craft of every kind in the invasion convoy.
5: Here is the major striking force
7: of the greatest military undertaking the world has yet known. Here, after years of building, equipping, training, after months of minute, intense tactical planning, here is the decisive thrust at Hitler's Europe. People of Western Europe, A landing was made this morning on the coast of France by troops of the Allied Expeditionary Force. This landing is part of the concerted United Nations plan for the liberation of Europe made in conjunction with our great Russian allies. I have this message for all of you. Although the initial assault may not have been made in your own country, the hour of your liberation is approaching. All patriots, Men and women, young and old, have a part to play in the achievement of final victory. To members of resistance movements, whether led by nationals or by outside leaders, I say, follow the instructions you have received. To patriots who are not members of organized resistance groups, I say, continue your passive resistance, but do not needlessly endanger your lives. Wait until I give you the signal to rise and strike the enemy. The day will come when I shall need your united strength. Until that day, I call on you for the hard task of discipline and restraint. Citizens of France, I am proud to have again under my command the gallant forces of France. Fighting beside their allies, they will play a worthy part in the liberation of their homeland. Because the initial landing has been made on the soil of your country, I repeat to you with even greater emphasis my message to the peoples of other occupied countries in Western Europe. Follow the instructions of your leaders. A premature uprising of all Frenchmen may prevent you from being of maximum help to your country in the critical hour. Be patient, prepare. As Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force, There is imposed on me the duty and responsibility of taking all measures necessary to the prosecution of the war. Prompt and willing obedience to the orders that I shall issue is essential. Effective civil administration of France must be provided by Frenchmen. All persons must continue in their present duties unless otherwise instructed. Those who have made common cause with the enemy and so betrayed their country, will be removed. When France is liberated from her oppressors, you yourselves will choose your representatives and the government under which you wish to live. In the course of this campaign for the final defeat of the enemy, you may sustain further loss and damage. Tragic though they may be, they are part of the price of victory. I assure you that I shall do all in my power to mitigate your hardships. I know that I can count on your steadfastness now, no less than in the past. The heroic deeds of Frenchmen who have continued the struggle against the Nazis and their Vichy satellites in France and throughout the French Empire have been an example and an inspiration to all of us. This landing is but the opening phase of the campaign in Western Europe. Great battles lie ahead. I call upon all who love freedom to stand with us now. Keep your faith staunch. Our arms are resolute. Together we shall achieve victory.
6: My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and cruel. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith, They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed. But we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore-tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace, They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise, and tolerance, and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them help us almighty god to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee
1: in this hour of great sacrifice we pay proper tribute to the men of world war ii the men and women of world war ii but the men who stormed the beaches operation overlord in normandy in france the beginning of the end of World War II, June 6, 1944. We have posted links at CigarDave.com right on our homepage of our 65th, 70th, and last year's 75th anniversary shows commemorating D-Day. Also, an interview we did last year aboard the Victory Ship with Jim Powell, O'Neill Ducharme, two World War II veterans. To all of them, a long ash, snappy salute. Those that are no longer with us, may they rest in peace. They changed the world. And we can change the world, too. Allow vouchers for kids in black neighborhoods.
0: The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show.
1: Well, before I get to what we discussed last week regarding hydroxychloroquine, we talked about the looters in the riots, and some looters went crazier than others. In San Leonardo People's Republic of California, looters drove away with 80 luxury cars worth $2.7 million. In St. Louis, rioters, arsonists, looters freed from jail without charges. But there was something of very significant historical importance that happened to be stolen from Reno City Hall during the riots. An American flag from World War II. It was stolen from a display box on the first floor of City Hall and officials thought it may have been one of the flags burned during the rioting on Saturday. Good news. A package was sent to a local television reporter who had written about the missing flag and in the box, there was a note that read, the Navy ship flag from World War II needed protecting. Looters were flag burning. Rest in peace, George Floyd. The flag from World War II was returned. And the reporter named Kenzie Margiot or Marjot said, a box with my name written in Sharpie was anonymously delivered to the station this afternoon inside the flag from the USS Reno that when missing from Reno City Hall during Saturday's riots, I'm so thankful. I am speechless. That is a fantastic development, a fantastic story. Good, happy ending. Now last week, I told you about a supposed study of 96,000 coronavirus patients. That was uh, that that was examined through obtaining records from hundreds of hospitals, and they found that the administering of hydroxychloroquine actually increased the risk of dying. And they went on and they made all these statements and these hypotheses, and I looked and I said, "Wait a minute!" Now the liberal mainstream uh, correction the Fake news, Libstream Media, of course, reporting new study raises raises, uh, fear that increases death administering hydroxychloroquine in Chinese Wuhan virus patients. Well, when I actually looked at The Lancet, which it was published in, I said, this isn't a study. This is what's called a meta-analysis, where they take supposed data from all these different sources. They never did any studies themselves. But they took data and then they come up with this compilation. And that's the worst kind of study you can do because it doesn't account for any variables. Could it be all sick patients that they looked at? Could it be all patients over 80? They didn't identify things. And I said the study was suspicious. But of course, every Libstream media outlet reports hydroxychloroquine, which the president has been touting, shows that by taking it, you have an increased rate of dying. It's dangerous. Stop. And what happened? The World Health Organization was actually conducting a study of the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine on Chinese Wuhan virus patients. They stopped the study because of this meta-analysis study in The Lancet. And I said, this study is BS. It is nonsense. They don't have enough data. Well, well, well. Who do you think was right, my fellow alphas and lieutenants? That's right, your beloved five-star alpha male and global general. Wednesday, in the last Lancet, headline, expression of concern. Basically, the way that a scientific journal, when they know that the the shiatsu, which is a type of massage. I thought it was a dog. No, that's a shih tzu. This is a shiatsu, a type of massage. When the shiatsu hits the fan, they don't say, we screwed up. They say, expression of concern headline says hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine with or without a macrolide for treatment of COVID-19 a multinational registry analysis and they go on to say in one paragraph important scientific questions have been raised about data reported in the paper by Mandeep Mera et al and they say although an independent published on May 22nd in the Lancet although an independent audit of the provenance and validity of the data has been commissioned by the authors and is ongoing. With results expected shortly, we are issuing an expression of concern to alert readers to the fact that serious scientific questions have been brought to our attention. We will update this notice as soon as we have further information. Well, it didn't take too much longer to update about further information. On Thursday... The day after this expression of concern is printed by the Lancet, they retracted a study, pure and simple. They came out and said the study is bogus. They retracted the study that said that hydroxychloroquine had a higher mortality rate and increased heart problems than those who did nothing, stating that the authors were, and I quote, unable to complete an independent audit of the data underpinning their analysis. Translated, they lied. They made it up. They fabricated the data to achieve achieve the objective they were looking for. The end justifies the means. Now, an investigation by The Guardian found that employees at Surgisphere, the company that The Lancet relied on for its data had little to no data science or scientific background. As one doctor who publishes uh, results of hydroxychloroquine studies online told The Guardian, quote, Surgisphere came out of nowhere to conduct perhaps the most influential global study in this pandemic in the matter of a few weeks. And it's unclear how Surgisphere was able to get data sharing agreements with over 600 hospitals worldwide and many in the scientific community had raised concerns about the reliability of its data. And here's what The Lancet had to say, quote, today, three of the authors of the paper, hydroxychloroquine or chloroquine, with or without a macrolide for treatment of COVID-19, a multinational registry analysis, have retracted their study. They were unable to complete an independent audit of the data underpinning their analysis. As a result, they have concluded that they can no longer vouch for the veracity of the primary data sources. The Lancet takes issue of scientific integrity extremely seriously. And there are many outstanding questions about Surgisphere and the data that were allegedly, allegedly included in the study. Now, how on earth did the Lancet even accept this study without doing a thorough review? I'll tell you why, because they are in the same political camp who despise President Trump, who has advocated for the use of hydroxychloroquine in attacking the Chinese Wuhan virus. And prescriptions dramatically rose of hydroxychloroquine in March after President Trump brought it to the spotlight. As you know, President Trump took the drug last month after two West Wing staffers tested positive for the Chinese Wuhan virus. Interesting. So the study is made up. And I told you last week, this is a BS study. It's poppycock. Don't believe it. It's a fraudulent meta-analysis. And who has been the one poo-pooing hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine, saying it's all anecdotal evidence? That would be Dr. Foni Fauci, Leonardo da Fauci, the greatest doctor in the history of the planet, the sole person who's determining what treatments and influencing what drugs should be taken to treat the uh, the Chinese Wuhan virus, even though doctors are reporting that it's safe and the drug has been working. And by the way, Dr. Phony Fauci has been advocating for Gilead Sciences' uh, new drug remdesivir. Well, guess what? Gilead came out saying remdesivir points to efficacy, but it's no silver bullet. You didn't hear that announcement, did you? You heard the announcement when they said, well, after looking at 45, a trial of 45 patients, we're getting good results. But now they're saying, not so fast, my friend. And now, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, coronavirus appears to be declining in potency, and people are contracting it less easily, US doctors reveal. We'll spend more time on this next week. But suffice it to say, what have I been saying all along? Many doctors have been saying hydroxychloroquine works, but Fauci and the media and all those enemies of President Trump have been on a campaign to go after hydroxychloroquine, even though it's been on the market for 70, 80 years, treated effectively, millions and millions of people. As I said, to them, the ends justify the means. Now, coming up on our final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show, I have a very significant important announcement, Um, historical announcement, if you will, very important. I know I've been teasing it the entire show, but when we come back, I will make the announcement of significance right around the corner.
0: You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed by following The General. You'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave.
4: Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm gonna go with the Decade. I love it, it's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky,
0: you know what, the Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That's celebrated your 15 years in business, and I gotta tell you, it's my favorite.
7: You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make.
4: As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com.
0: Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative
1: to cigarettes. The Cigar Dave Officers Club takes pride in featuring cigars that nobody else in the country gets that you, as a member of the Officers Club, experience first. And I'm pleased to announce for June that one of the cigars in the Macanudo Inspirato sampler is a cigar that is being released to you first. The new Macanudo Inspirado Green, it is a medium, robust, full-flavored cigar that features a very delicious tasty, complex Brazilian arapiraca wrapper with Indonesian binder and Colombian and Dominican fillers. The Macanudo inspirado white, if you want a cigar that tends to be more mild to medium and creamy. Perfect. The Macanudo Inspirato Orange, more medium to full in body with a Honduran wrapper. Join the Officers Club today and get fantastic selections like the Macanudo Inspirato Sampler. CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club for $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars shipped directly to you. Join today.
0: USDA-certified alpha male. With zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar Cigar Dave.
1: Dave. Now, before I make this very major, significant announcement to you all, let me first conduct a simple libation ceremony, litation and libation ceremony. I've just pulled out the Liga Provada Year of the Rat. And to celebrate the Lunar New Year... Drew Estate came out, re- relaunched this cigar actually. It was brought out initially in 2016. It is a 5.5 by 46 Corona with a pigtail at the end, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, Brazilian binder and fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. Just a, n- dressed in a beautiful gold foil sleeve, blue embossed Liga Privada Unico, Unico box. Very nice. I will cut the foot or the end of this cigar, the little pigtail, and I'll use my CCP Cigar Day. CCK, actually, Chinese Communist Killer, as I get ready to puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Great cigar. Nice Corona. Medium to full flavored. Mmm. Very pleasure, Very nice. Okay. Got that lit. Now, I pulled out a beer that I've had aging probably longer than I should. They don't no longer make this beer. This is the Shock Top Twisted Pretzel Wheat. And I will tell you that this goes, I've had this last weekend, I had it with my Liga Provada Year of the Rat. It goes perfectly. It is a beautiful wheat style, but dark wheat, and it tastes like pretzel. It has pretzel notes to it. It is just an incredible taste. Let me take a little sip here. Mm. No longer made, but I have about three bottles still left, and it is absolutely fantastic. So I've got a beautiful cigar, the Shock Top Limited a Twisted Pretzel Wheat Limited, which I will enjoy as well. Now I got a big announcement. Been teasing at it all show long. Now, early July will mark the 25th anniversary of the Cigar Dave Show. When I started the Cigar Dave Show 25 years ago, I was 31 at the time. I remember I had Dan Ramirez, the general manager of Edwards Pipe and Tobacco, as my first guest. And I remember cigars were, Tampa's the cigar city. My grandfather smoked cigars. Cigars were undergoing a renaissance. And I remember I told uh, Todd Leiser, who was the general manager of WSUN at the time, owned by Cox. And ironically, we're back on uh, uh, the Bone 102.5, owned by Cox Media Group, after all these years. I remember saying, and he smoked cigars. I said, "Ah, we gotta sh- do a show on cigars. Tampa's the cigar city. Cigars are happening." And he said, "You know, that's a great idea. When do you want to do it?" And I said, "Saturday at lunchtime is a great, great time. Saturday at noon. Light up a lunchtime cigar." And he said, "When do you want to start?" And this was around early April. And I said, "Well, why don't we do it right after July Fourth? Give me some time to get the concept going. Maybe talk to a few potential advertisers." And so along the way, we started the show one hour in Tampa, and I told Dan Ramirez at the time, whose grandmother worked in the cigar factory, I said, Dan, we better have a lot of show material because we will get zero calls. I mean, maybe I figured I'd get a free cigar once a week and we'd get 10 listeners. Well, within one minute after coming on the air, the name of the show at the time was Smoke This, Saturday, noon, Eastern Time, July 8th, 1995, within one or two minutes, every one of the 10 lines started ringing. And I said, Dan, let's go to calls. Let's, let's see what people have to say. And who knew that 25 years ago, we would still be conducting alpha male broadcast pleasure maneuvers, enjoying great cigars, spirits, and libations. I had no idea. And I remember when I saw Eric Newman for the first time, I went to see him, visit him, And uh, I had met Stanford Newman at a Gasparilla parade one year, and he saw me smoking a cigar, and he came up to me. And he said, I love to see young guys like you smoke cigars. And he said, my family's in the cigar business, and we spent about 15 minutes talking. And I did not know the Newmans before that, and that was my first introduction. And I went, called Eric, cold called him, came over, and he said, Dave, I wasn't Cigar Dave back then. He said, Dave, you seem like a nice, bright guy. But our family's been in the business almost 100 years, and we can't talk about cigars for an hour. How the hell are you? And I said, no problem, Eric. I'll be able to do it. And at the end of the meeting, he said, don't call us. We'll call you. True story. Well, after the first show that Monday, I had a message on my voicemail, and it was, my, uh, that was before voicemail. Actually, it was on my answering machine, and he said, come in and see us. Call me. And Edwards Pipe and Tobacco was our first advertiser in the cigar city of Tampa, and the J.C. Newman Cigar Company, Eric Stanford at the time, Bobby, uh, they were the first manufacturer advertiser, and we went from there. And then Arturo Fuente came on, and Viazon, and the show je- uh, kept growing. And we did two hours September of '95. In December of '95, we went syndicated with four markets, and now we're over 165 stations across the country. But over the last number of months, I've been pondering the future of The Cigar Dave Show. I have been involved in some other business ventures that have been taking more time. I have been thinking about the future, technology. When I started The Cigar Dave Show, I would sit down Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, start putting some show content together, or I'd arrange for a guest earlier in the week. I would do the show first one hour, then two hours. When the show was done, I would leave until the following Saturday. There was no website. There was no social media. There was no Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There was no YouTube, no podcast. It didn't exist. Either listen to the show or you didn't. And we had many listeners that said, I love your show, Dave. Just so I don't miss it, I tape record it. And I had umpteen listeners tell me that. They would call and tell me that. Well, technology's changed. We began with our mobile app probably about seven years ago or so, where you can listen live, not only on the internet, but on your mobile device. You can listen to the archive show on your mobile device, podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whether it's Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iHeart, all the podcast aggregators carry our show. And in thinking about it, I said, one of the complaints that we had from listeners is, you know, why don't you go five days a week? Why do we have to wait till Saturday? Well. After thinking about it, looking at where I want to be at this stage after 25 years, I've come to make several key important decisions. First of all, the Cigar Dave show, terrestrial radio show that you hear every week on your affiliate, that you hear via podcast or on our live stream, will cease to exist. will be ending at the conclusion of the June 27th, 2020 show. So the last show, will be June 27th, so three weeks from today, we will discontinue airing the Cigar Dave show via terrestrial radio, but that opens up opportunities, and my feeling at the time was, why do I have to wait? I've got things to say during the course of the week. I don't want to do a long-form show. I don't want the restrictions of having to take a break when necessary. I want to be unencumbered. I want to move, I want to transition after looking at where I want to go, I have really decided to transition to a more timely, daily, short to medium form, unrestricted podcast and we're going to be aligning it with some related new e-commerce initiatives. You will have the ability to get cigars and other products that I discuss that I find that nobody else can get. We're going to be doing some very unique initiatives. Now we're this and I want to make this very clear. This decision had zero impact whatsoever to do with the Chinese Wuhan virus. I know there are many businesses that are ceasing that are stopping that are changing. This had nothing to do with the Chinese Wuhan virus. It had everything to do with what is changing technologically and reassessing after 25 years, my time commitments, what I want to do and where I want to go forward. And my feeling is I want to do a daily short to medium-form show aligned with our new e-commerce initiatives that we will talk about. And so therefore, starting July 1st, actually probably June 28th, the next day on Sunday, June 28th, we're going to be getting two podcasts. We will have the Cigar Dave podcast, which will be all cigar-related and enemy of pleasure. Anything to do with the cigar connoisseur will be on Cigar Dave. We will create a new podcast called Bold Alpha and a new website. BoldAlpha.com. BoldAlpha will deal with all the alpha male pleasure lifestyle activities we enjoy. Grilling, spirits tasting, dames, gambling, travel, any items that are alpha male pleasure related maneuvers will go to BoldAlpha. And we may even talk politics. We've got the idea to do maybe a third politically related show. But we want to be more timely. We want to be able to harness the technology. And as such, we want you to go right now, go to Cigar Dave on your favorite podcast aggregator, Apple iTunes, whether it is a Spotify, Google Play, and make sure you subscribe to Cigar Dave. We'll have Bold Alpha up next week. So big changes, but as Marv Levy, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, said, you either change with the times or the times will change you. I am ready for change. I embrace change. I can't wait. Cigar Dave, the general. As always, Mayor Humidor always be full, Mayor Cutter always be sharp, Mayor Ash be extra, extra long. A new day coming around the corner.